WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long, and you're about to go one on one with Talking Taker. Holla. Take it easy. Take it easy. I got you. Take it easy. <laughs> well, I'm running down the road with Barbera in tow. I got 15 titles on my mind. Seven world ones, one hardcore, and seven tags with four different guys. I take a easy. Take a easy. Don't let the sound of gongs and bells drive you crazy. Lights open, raise my hands. Don't even try to understand the supernatural dead man. So take a reason. Well, I'm standing on the corner of Death Valley, California. Such a bright fire I see. It's my house, my lord, burned to the floor Lost my parents, brother, everything Come on, Kaney Please don't blame me Paul Barrow took me in as his And tried to train me Rarely lose, I usually win I never thought I'd see you again you opened up the cell and climbed in So freaking easy Now I'm running down the road and I'm all on my own Got a decade of destruction Call me Big Evil, not Booger Red, but do call me American. Take a easy, take a easy. Don't let the sound of Olympus get drive you crazy. Come on, Vincey, you bury me. I'm coming back, it's the dead man. Take a reason I wanna take a reason You wanna take a of the night welcome to talking taker episode 214 of our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time the undertaker i want to thank all of you loyal members of the psk the pod street crew out there for tuning in for yet another round of dead man talking my name is alex dorio i am one half of uh this podcast and tag team right here and i am joined as always by my tag team partner my wrestling buddy my fellow creature of the night he is on the he was on the front line of the monday night war 
back in 1998, one of 40,000 strong, holding down the fort at the Georgia Dome on July 6th, 1998, Mr. Travis White. Travis, we are celebrating a historic night in the world of professional wrestling, not just for WCW, but for the WWF and The Undertaker as well. But, man, uh, Travis, back then in 1998 at the Georgia Dome, I bet you were not having any difficulty getting two sweets from people uh, on that night, were you? So many two sweets everywhere. So much. I feel like the whole, I feel like there were 40,000 people there. I feel like 38,000 of them were wearing NWO shirts. So. You think? Yeah. <laughs> two, no, no, but probably half. <laughs> so, At least, yeah. At least half. It's wild, dude. Because we had two factions of the NWO at that point, too. Sure and, did. dude, Wolfpack was over. <laughs> so over, dude. So Wolfpack fun. is back, causing mass destruction right. back then. Um, so yeah, kind of a a unique uh, experimental episode of Talking Taker we've got here. Uh, like we said, Travis was at the Georgia Dome 25 years ago when Goldberg defeated Hulk Hogan for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, and I thought it'd be fun for us to revisit that and Travis to share his memories of that. But also, we could look at what was going on on the other channel. That was happening on TNT. What was happening on USA on Monday Night Raw? Just so happens on the main event of Monday Night Raw on that night, we got a very, very famous moment involving The Undertaker uh, in a match with Mankind and Kane. It's supposed to be a triple threat match. But uh, we see The Undertaker uh, go to uh, extreme lengths to uh, disguise himself and get one over on Mankind, to get one over on Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin, try to earn his spot in the SummerSlam 1998 main event. So we'll talk about that. We're going to compare those. We're going to watch both of those main events and sort of relive the Monday Night War like we uh, got one TV on one channel. We got the VCR running. Mm-hmm. We're going to go back and forth or watch one right after the other one's over um, and, and relive those moments, man. But uh, man, just thinking back to that, that time uh, in your life, you, you said, you know, the NWO shirts were running rampant. I mean, we'll, we'll share more of your memories, but just what comes to mind when you think of that night? Um, can we see this? KFC presents. There it is. Nitro, the Georgia Dome. My stub from that night. That is awesome. So these seats cost $35, lower aisle, section 122, row 33. Okay. Um, That's not too bad. Well, we were up top. (laughs) Top Really? Yeah, it was way back. That that doesn't sound too high. I mean, it was fine. I mean, it wasn't bad at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, So how this came about, you mean just go through that, I guess? Uh, Um, We can do it now. Yeah. Or we can just go through hot memories. I remember that missing you, you weren't there. Uh, I was but, uh, not there. No, you no, were we not were, there. we were in sixth grade and we, we were friends, but we weren't like best friends, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, you know, another guy that we hung out with for, for many years, uh, um, he's the one who had the tickets, right? Yeah. Drew and miles, Drew asked miles and me and I, surely you were supposed to go. I, I, I have like, no memory of that. No. Okay, I thought you, I thought you just couldn't go or something. I thought, yeah. but anyway, maybe. somehow I got. I don't remember. I that. think I thought so, but maybe not. Anyway, I somehow got in there with them and went to the show, and I just remember, man, uh, again being a Georgia Bulldog fan, uh, and you know at the time, I mean, I, I don't care for NFL team, but that's where Falcons play. But I was a Falcons fan. I had to take one gun to my head. So just being in the Georgia Dome was pretty cool. Um, being there, being a Bulldogs fan, being just there for this match that even as a 12-year-old, I knew, like, 
this is a big night, dude. This is Goldberg Hogan. Like, it doesn't get any bigger than this for WCW. We just had the biggest match in WCW history in December with Sting mm, and Hogan. Starcade. You know, yeah. and it was like, what's going to, like, what's the next biggest thing? Oh, well, this is six months later. So, um, just very, I just remember it wasn't lost on me how big of a night this was. You know, it wasn't lost on me. And it was very cool. And just Goldberg has the history there with the Falcons playing for the Georgia Bulldogs. It's just, it was so cool to be there as a 12-year-old. I just losing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> First time ever at a wrestling show? Uh, I've been to the house show in Augusta. I have that ticket up too in, in April. Oh, That's okay. the house show where it ended with, uh, it was Nash and the Giant. Uh, yeah. No time limit. I was there. Yeah. And it was like two and a half minutes long. And then I think Nash <laughs> powerbombed Charles Robinson afterward. They got DQ'd or something. But yeah, that was a good night. That was, that was my first ever wrestling event was that house show in Augusta. So then that was in April. So then two months later uh, in June or July, I guess, or three months later, we go to this show. So Was that yeah. the show where Benoit beat Booker T for the TV yes. title? We had title change mm-hmm. at the house show? We had title change, best of seven series, yeah. Man, I that was so, yeah. sick. And I, I, I remember crazy. even then as a sixth grader, as a 12-year-old, I knew that's not something that normally happens. Mm, yeah. I, I knew it wasn't a televised event i knew i was a big deal and I, i've still got really grainy pictures somewhere of like chris benoit holding the tv title up mm-hmm. and, you know uh, obviously you know i think i do too yeah 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 i uh, can't really celebrate that moment anymore right but i remember back in the day it was like one of the coolest things i'd ever seen oh yeah 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 um and yeah, man i just just happened and i remember uh so my family was at hilton head on vacation okay uh so i stayed back home my dad stayed home too he was gonna go he waited till i got back home from atlanta and then the next day he took me down to hilton head to stay and i remember when i got there um my grandma had stayed up to watch (laughs) to watch nitro the night before in the living room at the condo with my mom and my brother and them so she wanted to see me on tv and so i got there she was like just just over the moon about it. she couldn't have cared less for wrestling but for some reason she wanted to watch it because i was there she got real into it and then she loved china i got her a china <laughs> action figure i got what? my grandma a china action figure uh <laughs> and she until she died she had it sitting on her tv stand at her house um until 2015 <laughs> when she passed away i never so, heard that before yeah grandma yeah my Is dad's mom betty so. white Yep, she loved Grandma time. Betty White. All right, for some reason. I don't think she knew all the things after she left the business, but she just loved the wrestler China. She loved how she was. But uh, yeah, oh man, I was like, well, she's like, well, you didn't see China, did you? No China. I was like, no, man, China wasn't there. I was waiting for China, a different company. So yeah. Anyway, it was very funny. So that's hilarious. Yeah, so, I love that. So yeah, good stuff. I think I have that China action figure here in my house. Now. Oh, absolutely. So, so anyway, but yeah, that's great, man. What a story! I see, like, I'm so glad we're talking about this. I never even knew that. Oh, okay. Um, well, I know you've got more stories to share for that night, uh, so we will kind of um, uh, we'll go through the the card uh, of Nitro. We'll talk about it. You can kind of share memories uh, of of being there live, of just some of the different stuff going on. We both watched the show back this week as well, yeah. so so we can talk a little bit about that. And then we'll watch the main event. We'll watch that epic moment between Goldberg and Hulk Hogan, and then we'll change the channel over to USA and we'll watch the main event of Monday Night Raw from the same night. Um, and we'll we'll kind of go through that night on Monday Night Raw and, and do the same thing for that. But but uh, before we get into that, before we get into the main segment of tonight, we got to do our monthly Undertaker sightings. No diggity. I don't know about some of these 
exciting because almost like Ripley's, believe it or not. Well, I hope it's true. There's always some fun stuff to talk about here, and as always, we're going to be sponsored for the Undertaker sightings by our friends over at Manscaped. And there might have been 40,000 people strong in the Georgia Dome that night, but Manscaped wants you to join the 7 million strong and counting who have joined the Manscaped revolution. Uh, we want you to use our code TAKEREASY, T-A-K-E-R-E-A-S-Y, over at Manscaped.com. And they're going to give you 20% off and free shipping on all your orders over there at Manscaped. Now, Travis, as a 12-year-old at the Georgia Dome, were you, were you doing any shaving at that point in your life? <laughs> Negative. No, not no, yet. I was were so you, small, too. <laughs> uh, how, were you wearing boxers yet to, as a 12-year-old? Uh, not sure if I was. I don't know if I'd made the transition to boxers yet, but... I had an older brother, so you know uh, he's five years older than me. So I got, you know, I got you got to you get to grow up a little, move on to those things a little faster when you have an older brother. You know what I'm saying? Because he he's like, "What well, you wearing an undershirt, dude?" Like you know, he, you make fun of you. Why like, you wearing an undershirt, dude? Like, yeah. Oh gosh. But those the undershirt, are, man. Those are the best. Well, you know, we, we we've talked about the boxers a lot. These always come up when we talk about manscape, but usually wearing them. So um, I never can really show them off. That would not be appropriate. But I, I made sure tonight uh, I put my old crappy boxers on so I could show you the, the real deal, the good stuff, the Manscaped 2.0 boxers. I mean, have a look at that if you're watching. I mean, I don't really know how to describe it, but just the softness of it, the comfort of it, the uh, it's got a little you know, <coughs> premium package right, right there at the front. Just, you know, it fits you like, case. like a glove. Uh, <laughs> like a exactly. yeah. I'm wearing the 1.0s right now. So I've I'm got my 2.0s well. work tomorrow. Yeah. 2.0, the 1.0s are fine. Nothing wrong with those. Uh, but and I got those right here for you. You know the classic 1.0s. But I, yeah, man, the 2.0s are the, the way to go. 1.0, there is no slit. 2.0, there is. There you go. Just letting you guys know. And I tell you what, actually, <laughs> my uh, I, I was trying to pitch Manscaped on my brother-in-law. And uh, his girlfriend said she wanted me to buy him some boxers so she could steal them and wear them. There you so go. I got him the 1.0 so he could give them to her. And there steal you go. Them. But he actually likes them so much, he says he hasn't let her steal them yet. So. Awesome. There you go. <laughs> um, there you go. Fun look, for everybody. Look, man, you know, when you're 12 years old, you don't care about your boxer shorts. But I feel like a lot of guys our age they're still stuck in that 12 year old mentality and i was right. before manscaped came along i was still buying the cheap crap at walmart i was buying the 20 pack uh, of the worst <laughs> worst boxers ever that you know last year six weeks before they got a hole in them um, but and i know that the manscaped boxers they're a little bit more it's a premium item but i'm telling you you will be so thankful that you splurged for that premium item. And they're going to last you a while. And just, you know, grow up, guys, if you're listening. Grow up and do something nice for yourself. Take care of yourself. Don't buy the cheapest possible thing that you can buy. Use the code TAKEREASY for 20% off and get yourself a premium item. Take care of yourself. We're getting older. we got to take care of ourselves, Travis. That's right, man. And uh, like I said last time, I think, I, I got six pair of the regular one pornos. Now I got two... 2.0s, I got eight pair. You're all Those set. Those old ones, 
wear the old regular boxers anymore. I just wear Manscaped. So eight days a week. That's how it is. Eight days a week, baby. <laughs> yeah. Cut the grass today. I had to take two showers today. I can put in two pairs of Manscaped boxers today. And I. I, man, I saw you. You're posting these thirst traps over on on Facebook, man. Are you out kayaking? And were you doing some manscapes before you got there? Looks like I need to. I think you did, I could man. Probably I think you use need the, to. Uh, weed whacker or the no the, the, the beard hedger. You that, could use the right? beard hedger, honestly. <laughs> exactly. I'm like nine point <laughs> Yeah, just go at it. So yeah, Thursday. <laughs> well, don't forget that, folks. We got the Beard Hedger with the 20 different settings. Uh, if you want to use it on your chest area, you could. But really, I mean, that's what the lawnmower's for. <laughs> you got enough like I have. <laughs> you got the Weed Whacker for your nose hair. Again, uh, you're paying for quality here. It is a little bit more expensive. It is a little bit nicer uh, than what you could get in the store. Uh, actually, I but saw Manscaped in the store. I saw it at Target oh, the you? other day. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. But you can do better off when you use our code. You can't use our code to Target. Go to manscaped.com. Use our code TAKEREASY for 20% off. Get you you that three-pack of boxers. Get you a one-pack. Sample them out. I guarantee you'll be back for more. Um, Pick up one of the razors. Pick up some of the shaving cream, uh, gels, hairspray, beard gel, beard wax. All that good stuff, man. And uh, help us out. Help yourself out. Do yourself a favor with code TAKEREASY at manscaped.com. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I never know how to end the, the, the promo segment. We're going to end it that way from now on. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. um, Undertaker sightings for the month of June. You know, it was getting here. I was like, I, mean, I, just, I don't have much uh, for Taker for the month of June. Pops up after we record. But Usually we record in the next day or two. He has all these things. Always. But this time we, we got, got it a in. Bit lucky. Um, I do want to start. I want to say uh, rest in peace to Shiki Baby. The Iron Sheik oh, yeah. passed away in the past month. We actually did cover the Iron Rumble. Sheik on our Coliseum video episode. He teams with uh, uh, Shiki Baby and uh, um, Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, or, or something like yeah. that, uh, to face off against Hogan and Warrior, I think it yeah. is. It's yeah, three on two. match. Yeah, it was insane. I posted a squash of Undertaker and uh, Sheik as Colonel Mustafa on uh, when, when Sheik passed away. And he's a, I think the video itself is like 90 seconds, and that includes Undertaker's entrance. <laughs> That's how much of a squash this is in 1991. But uh, Taker shared a great story at the One Dead Man show that I went to last year at SummerSlam about being in WCW as Mean Mark and writing with Iron Mm. Sheik and rooming with Iron Sheik. And uh, the gist of it was he's rooming with Sheik. It's about 3.30 in the morning and he just feels this breeze coming into the room (laughs) and he looks out the window and on the balcony of the room iron sheik is doing squats on the balcony <laughs> butt naked at 3 30 in the morning and take your walks out there he's like what's going on man and uh sheik said oh best time of day but best fresh air best time for fresh air is is, is in the early morning brother uh, i'm almost done almost done and taker's like okay <laughs> and uh, tries to go back to sleep Wakes up again at like 6.30 in the morning and um, he hears a noise in the bathroom and it's the hairdryer going on in the bathroom. (laughs) And he's like, 
well, I got to see what that's all about. <laughs> so he, he walks over to the bathroom and Iron Sheik is blow drying his mustache in the bathroom at 6.30. Is he wearing clothes this time? Absolutely not. Of course nope. not. <laughs> and oh. that's the Iron Sheik. What else do you have to say? He make you humble, <laughs> jabroni. <laughs> I mean, truly a legend. A legendary Absolutely. character. Uh, uh, when you think he won the gimmick battle royal. The one and only gimmick battle royal. <laughs> He couldn't get thrown over the top. Couldn't get over the top. <laughs> that's a great way to. That's a great way to win. <laughs> Perfect strategy. <laughs> All right, rest in peace. So many great stories, YouTube videos. Um, former tweets. world champion tweets. Oh, I will miss his tweets. I miss his Hulk Hogan. And uh, saw another. Um, uh, tweets, uh, or I guess this was on his podcast. Matt Hardy uh, got a uh, little buzz going on on social media because he compared The Undertaker to Orange Cassidy. And uh, I think a lot of people took that out of context, what he was yeah. saying. But I, I thought what he said actually made a lot of sense. You know, it's this, this character that should not work, that doesn't make right. any sense, but they're so committed to it. And it gets over because of it. Uh, did you hear? You, you see all that? Yeah, that stuff. Yeah, and I saw the like keyboard warriors coming after him, and like you can't put Orange Cassidy in the same echelon as. Ta- That's not what he was doing, dude. Not he at was all. Talking no. about just the commitment, like you said, how something so honestly silly because the Undertaker in first was very silly. Of course, and when you think yeah. about it, it is silly, <laughs> and like it shouldn't have worked, but it lasted. Like you said, it gets over. And people clamor for it. You know, uh, again, he's not the Undertaker, Orange Cassidy, but his character getting over just like Taker was. Oh, he's, my gosh. I mean, people are there so, for it. They like all of it. It's fantastic. So, got me thinking, man. I, I don't know if a dead man versus Orange Cassidy match would work, but, but what if Big Evil Undertaker yeah. in 2002 had a match like with Spike Orange Dudley. Cassidy? Yeah. That match would have ruled. Oh, that match would have been awesome. The crowd would have loved it, too. It would have been great. They would have played off each other so well. Oh, yeah. It would have been awesome. Oh, man. It would have been awesome. It got me excited just thinking about it. Um, yeah. You shared with me another podcast uh, with the uh, <clears throat> the man himself, Paul Heyman, uh, the wise man. Uh, wise with man. Rick Rubin, legendary yeah. music producer on his podcast. They chatted for like three hours. Three hours, dude. Dude, uh, tell me a little bit about that, why you shared that with me. Well, you know... First of all, it's just a fantastic interview. I love watching anything with Heyman. And and if you guys don't know who Rick Rubin is, he's just go back to the late eighties and nineties and two thousands and listen to rap. And Beastie yeah, that, Boys. And, and yeah. Beastie Boys, uh Run DMC, uh Jay Z. I mean, I think he did the nine nine problems, like that's all his stuff. Um you know, and then he got in the rock with like Johnny Chris Cash. Cornell. He did Johnny Cash, he's done Audio Slave, he's done Chili Pepper, he's done everybody that you've heard of he's done the Avid brothers who i love but he's also (laughs) a tremendous tremendously big wrestling fan huge always in the front row wwe anytime they're in la he's always there he's a wild man uh he's great though he never wears shoes he's awesome but anyway him and Heyman (laughs) just talk for three hours about wrestling and music and uh taker or Heyman just has just go go listen to it but it has good things to say just about taker uh, about why, you know, about the night that the street got broken, you know, and uh, there's some stories about that, uh, how he, you know, did uh, Rick Rubin ask him, do you think that 
Taker should have lost, uh, you know, ever. He's like, yeah, yes, eventually, yes, he should have lost. That He's like, Vince was not going to let that go forever, which is a good view. Like, a lot of us fans are like, we want it to go forever. and But, like, honestly, business-wise, it makes more sense. Even if it even if it had stopped at, at Brock and he hadn't, beat, he hadn't beaten Taker, but Roman would have got it. Imagine how much of a rub that would have been for an up-and-coming like Roman. But anyway, like, He's like, you know, if not Brock, then who? No one's going to, like, and it worked, he said, because when we beat, when Brock beat him, then Brock went and decimated John Cena three months yep, later at, exactly. at SummerSlam. And then he was the world beater that you had to be, like, when Seth Rollins then beat him or Roman Reigns, like, it made, it, it made, so, like, again, it's, we all hated it at the time. Um, but when you sit down and you take off your markdom, take off your Mark hat and look at the business. It made sense. And, uh, but just a lot of good things to say about Taker on there because obviously Heyman has been in Brock's corner, uh, and Sam Punk's corner against him and in Roman's corner against him. So I mean, not, not against him, but in Roman's corner now, but they just talk a lot about the bloodline storyline too, which again is the greatest thing since the attitude era storyline wise, probably since T- Taker and Kane or rock and Austin. I mean, Austin and the McMahon. So just really cool insight. Again, I listened to Heyman talk about, he could read a Chinese food menu, and I would listen to it because he's just incredible. <laughs> he's so endearing. But go listen to it; it's really fun. It's a very if unique you guys, interview. If you have a car ride, uh, sure, a long car ride. Uh, Rick Rubin, you know, uh, I, you and I are both huge fans of him yeah. from a musical perspective. Um, and I, I've always fascinated hearing him do interviews, be yes. interviewed. I, I always enjoy watching that. Um, but to hear him do the interview as a fan and and a smart fan Mm -hmm. and he knows the business, but he's not coming at it like a journalist or like, you know, he's, he's not trying to get stuff across for his YouTube channel or something like that. He's like a genuine fan. Yeah. Fanboying and asking questions. And it was two days after mania as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was the night after, or it was the Wednesday after mania. So it was three days after mania after Cody had lost and after Brock had just turned on Cody on that roll. So it was very fresh. Yeah. Uh, interview as far as you know well do you think roman should be cody and i'll say yeah just pay attention and see where this one's going so it's just very cool like you said hearing rick rubin be a fan of something that's not music it's great right. cool, you know? it, so. ma- it makes me feel better about being a wrestling fan like, absolutely sometimes you see wrestling fans and you're like god i'm gonna be i don't want to yeah. be i'm not i don't think i should be a wrestling fan anymore <laughs> but then like if rick rubin's a wrestling fan i can be a wrestling fan yeah I, and topanga I, I'm, and cool sandler, I'm good yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah those three yeah, rick rubin's the, topanga, the, and Adam sandler we're good three. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hall of fame and call malone <laughs> a huge wrestling fan the mailman um uh, of course, uh, I'm sure all those people are fans of Edge, who uh, celebrated his 25th anniversary of debuting on Raw uh, this month. A lot of great content on WWE's YouTube channel with that. I watched a video of Edge talking about just different moments across 25 yep. years. And of course, he talked about WrestleMania main eventing with The Undertaker. Um, and then I really like this video. It's it's only like a minute, but he does just word association with different superstars. Christian. And Christian answer was good. But the answer he gives about The Undertaker. The standard. Mm-hmm. And that's all he says about him, and that's all you got to say. And I thought, man, it was perfect. Yeah, it was. It was great. A lot of great Edge content. And again, you can't talk Edge's career without talking Taker. So, man, no, it's awesome. Can't. And he can't They've got talk. got lots of Edge's greatest. Uh, entrances theme music yeah. they got all kinds of stuff going on there so i remember the night he debuted dude like i remember being a fan 
right then. It was just, I was hooked. Yeah, all the vignettes Always were awesome. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and speaking of YouTube, WWE uh, put out a almost 30-minute video of yeah. The Undertaker and Mick Foley doing a full watch-along of their Hell in a Cell match for the 25th anniversary at King of the Ring 1998. Uh, that was very fun to watch that back. Uh, I know we both watched it. And it's not a lot, not like a lot of deep dirt Mm-mm. or stories we hadn't heard before, but it's just fun to see those guys hanging out uh, and see that they survived and they're here to tell the tales about it. Um, I do think my favorite story was they're talking about Foley's tooth coming out of his <laughs> nose and Undertaker <laughs> thought it was a booger. And he, he's just <laughs> like, like the biggest booger I've ever seen <laughs> in mixed nose. tooth is the tooth. I'm not smiling. <laughs> that was the big, like, to be, that was the biggest distraction. I was like, look at the size of that booger in mixed nose. It was such a distraction. Like, you know, I'm trying to talk sense into him. I'm trying to get him to, you know, I'm trying to get him to go home. He won't go home. And I'll get this big booger before we realize, oh my gosh, that's his incisor. Yeah, that's his yeah. incisor that went through his lip and then stuck in his nose. But I thought the same thing when I watched it. I was like, is, is that a booger? Biggest match of my life. And I, I got a booger? I the booger? <laughs> oh, man. He calls him Jack. He always calls him Jack. Yeah. He does. He calls him yeah. Jack. But uh, yeah. I enjoyed him talking about that. Uh, what did you think of it? Oh, it's fine. I don't, again, I don't think there's anything on that that we hadn't heard from either one of the guys. But to hear them talk about it together was fun. You know, because they, uh, they like I said, I've heard those things separately. But to see them both confirm stuff and, you know, Got to get to the tax. Got to get to the tax. Got to get to the tax. Like he was so he had to get to the tax. And I've heard Taker tell a story, and I've heard Mick tell a story. But to hear him talk about it and just kind of laugh about it was fun. And just talking about how the um, you know Foley's talking about like if if this had been the first Hell in a Cell, it would have been a different match. Mm. You know, he he probably would have had something more akin to Sean and Taker, an actual match. He said, but I wasn't going to top that. We had to do something different. So. It had to be unique. So I thought it was interesting to hear him say that because he's like, you know, no one – he said, y'all had the better match. We had the more memorable one, though, you know, with it. which, again, most people say – and we've agreed that Sean Dagger one is probably going to not go down as everyone's favorite. It's going to be this one, but for you and I – a top match of Taker's career. <laughs> so, you know, that, well, they, you know, they, so, they, say, so. they talk about that at the end, how, like, you know, there's – kids that come up to them that were yeah. not born when this match took yeah. place and they talk about this and how mm-hmm. that um, Foley didn't like this match for a lot of reasons afterward yeah. but it was Taker who convinced him saying like this is going to outlive both of us uh, but yeah. and both of our career this is what will be remembered for all time and like you need yeah. to be you need to accept that and be okay mm-hmm. with it and celebrate it because of that and he's absolutely right I mean it it may not be our favorite match. It's it's neither of their best matches, mm-hmm. but it is the match and the moment that will be talked about for them, you know, 20 years from now, 50 years from now, 100 oh, years yeah. from now. Yep, exactly. And one of the greatest calls ever by Jim Ross. Absolutely. So go watch that. Uh, we did a watch along for it, and I, I, that's a, I threw that up uh, on our Back from the Dead Talking Taker episode uh, on our podcast feed way back when for the 20th anniversary, five years ago. Golly. So go check that out on our podcast feed as well if you just can't get enough Hell in a Cell action. But uh, a couple weeks later, honestly, actually that Raw that we're going to talk about was taped two days after Hell in a Cell. 
Uh, it, it aired the next week. But uh, July 6, 1998 is where we're going to take our time-traveling hearse right now to relive the Monday Night Wars. And uh, we're going to kick it off with Nitro because that, that's the big show right there that you were at, Travis. That's what we got to talk about. You showed the ticket from that night. You talked about getting the call from Drew and, and Miles uh, that you were going to Nitro that night. Any fun stories you remember about driving up to Atlanta? Anything like that? Uh, I mean, we were just on cloud nine. Dude. Just being stupid 12-year-old kids and just being excited. It was, uh, Drew's dad took us up there. I feel like his I like his mom and sister went too or something, but they like just hung out. I don't know. Maybe I don't. Maybe I'm forgetting that. But anyway, I know his dad took us, and uh, we had a great time on the way up there, and then just you know walking around. I'd never been to the Georgia Dome, mm. you know, mm-hmm. at the time. So um, I've only been back one time since when we were at WrestleMania, you know. So uh, it's really yeah, cool. It's gone. And then <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And I do remember one point. I don't remember what match it was, but I remember standing on my seat like because I was I was a really short kid. I mean, I'm not tall now, but I was really short. Uh, especially in sixth grade, I was very short. Um, so I remember up in our seat, standing on my, and so was Miles for that matter. We're both really short guys, and we we're I was standing literally on the edge of my seat. But they're like they're seats that like a theater that fold down, you know. Right. But right. they're metal. Right. So well, when you're on this end, you're good. But when you back up toward the, the back, you go through, and my shin, I mean my shin caught it, and I had this Oof. giant, uh, I mean like big purple not on my shin like during the show it, it popped up like during the show so i remember that i had a pain from that for the rest of you know probably like two weeks because it was early on in the show i was in my seat and i fell through and uh got caught real good so battle yeah, scars from the monday night wars we died on the way home we were all like what? oh yeah out in the car i mean no two hour drive home two and a half hour drive home and uh <laughs> but it was, it was a blast we'll talk about if we go to the car and stuff yeah I'll let's do it reason and all that, and I just I remember specific things, and I remember just being there again as a twelve-year-old, and as you know, kind of just fresh back into wrestling in the last year of that of my life there. <clears throat> but again, it wasn't lost on me how big of a night. A lot of things that happened in on this night were huge and were big moments, and uh, it, like I said, it, it, I wasn't taking it for granted the stuff I was witnessing, the returns of some certain guys, and the matches, and then obviously just the way this whole night builds to the main event. Well, we've talked about this uh, so many times. You were absolutely a WCW guy. Yeah. Were you a Goldberg guy? Or... Absolutely. Okay, okay. Absolutely a Goldberg guy. Um, loved Goldberg. I mean, just since I saw him, I just thought it was awesome. Because, again, I liked WWF a lot. But Austin, being raised the way I was and just kind of closeted, conservative Christian family, Austin was too much. Like, he was too vulgar for – I would have had to change the channel. I did when my parents came in. Also, I changed it, but like I could watch Goldberg. He was the same looking guy, but he just beat the crap out of people and yeah. and wrecked didn't say anything. And it wasn't long. <laughs> didn't say a word. Didn't put a middle finger up. Didn't drink beer. Didn't do any of that stuff. So he was. I could identify more with him in that oh. more friendly air. Uh, like I guess aura of WCW. So um, and plus Sting was the guy that got me into it. And I love the outside. I love the NWO. Just uh, and the cruiserweights were my were, and Raven. I mean, all all the guys on this show are like my my favorites. I just loved them. So uh, loved it again. Loved WWF to the time too. But it just was always if you if you just said you got to close one company, I'd said close WWF. Yeah, give me WCW because mm. I just loved it. Loved DDP. But yeah, I was definitely a Goldberg guy. And I remember when they announced on Thunder four days before that this was happening, I, we were like, we're gonna be there. Like we're gonna be there. Like. Because they had announced it. We didn't know what the main event was going to be. Yeah. For t- t- We got tickets to this, but then they announced it on Thunder, which 
some say it was a bad call, but whatever. It worked for us. Well, <laughs> we were there. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second, and then we'll get into the card, because I think that's the, the big, you know, uh, uh, thing. Controversy. The controversy, sure. The, 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 the sticking point that people have with this show is... Yeah, uh, it was not announced beforehand until just four days beforehand on Thunder that that's what the main event was going to be, that Goldberg was going to beat Hogan, or face Hogan for the title. Uh, we knew Goldberg was going to beat Hogan for the title. It's one of those matches where you knew what was going to happen, but it I was I just want to know how we're going to get there, though. Yeah. Right. You yeah. needed to see it anyway. Um, and people, you know, still to this day say, oh, why was that not on pay-per-view? Why did you not get a buy rate out of that? Why would you waste that on this random episode of Nitro that didn't even build up all that much? And I think when you watch this show back, when you really go back and put yourself in the mindset of WCW in 1998, uh, for one thing, I, I think that um, I, I give them kudos. I give them props for jumping on something when it's hot. Yep. Nothing was hotter than Goldberg yep. at the time. So, you know, why wait around on it? I still, you know, uh, there's people arguing now. Should Cody have won at WrestleMania this year? Should he have gotten the belt off Roman? Did they make the right call by holding off on that? Me personally, I think they should have They should have gave him the title. Uh, but obviously they're doing more stuff with the bloodline and making Roman possibly the longest reigning champion of all time. Um, they want to go that way. That, that's fine. It's not bad, but I, I think they missed the boat a little bit by not giving Cody the title there. And they, they said we might've done the same thing with Goldberg, but also look at what else is going on. They've also got this huge angle with Carl Malone and Dennis Rodman involved with Hulk Hogan and DDP going on at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. That's probably been booked for months in advance mm -hmm. that they have these NBA superstars. Those guys were huge, huge mainstream stars oh, being yeah. involved on their show. The next month, they're going to have Jay Leno involved. I'm sure that's been booked for months, and that's funny to look back on and, and is not as cool, but he was a huge right. mainstream oh, star yeah. as well, so that was a big deal. When else are you going to put Goldberg and Hogan on pay-per-view? Are you going right. to wait till September, October? Uh, are you going to wait till Starcade to put that on pay-per-view? Because you're not right. going to interrupt these big mainstream uh, plans. Um, I think... You know, maybe it wasn't perfect, but I, I, I think it was, I don't think there's anything wrong with what they did. I don't either. I think it was great. You know, I mean, uh, we can all armchair quarterback and armchair book now uh, and look back and say what we would have done. But in the heat of that moment, dude, and also <clears throat> people have to remember that WCW was a TV company. Their WWF was still private at this time and they got a lot of their money and their stuff off of pay-per-view WCW their pay-per-view revenue if you listen to Bischoff and even Russo talk about it that revenue went to Time Warner and mm. then they got like a cut of it That's so they're they're more they got more ad revenue and pay and stuff based on the TV ratings versus the pay-per-view which is why they would not hesitate to do stuff like this or a pay-per-view could have a schmoz finish because it, it didn't matter because mm. You're gonna, you, they want you to turn into Nitro the next night mm. to see what's going to happen. So, and you know, maybe we didn't appreciate that as kids or whatever. We thought it was negative, but like I think it's it makes sense if you're a TV company, you want people watching your TV show, not your pay per view. You know, so um, yeah, I loved it. Uh, again, obviously I'm biased as I was there, but I think <laughs> it's great. But again, um, someone would say, well, look at uh, you know, Austin wouldn't lay down for Brock because it wasn't uh, 
it wasn't laid out properly and it wasn't advertised and stuff. And you could say, you know, Austin was in the right to do that, to, to not, he wanted, that made more sense to, for him to have uh, not wanted to do that. But this, this was Hogan's idea. Hogan calls Bischoff and says, as a champ, we, uh, one time Hogan actually does what's best for business. And it's like, this is, his, it's not a Bret Hart WrestleMania nine type thing again. You know, this is, this is him doing something good for the business and wanting to lay down for this young guy who's going to be the future of the company, hopefully, fingers crossed, you know? So I thought it was a great idea. Yeah, it was the it's, right place, the right time. Um, it, it's you know, Georgia Dome. It's the it's, Georgia Dome, it's, it's, right. It's there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it Dark made Stubby's sense. backyard, Goldberg's backyard. Yeah, you're never going to have a crowd like that. You're going to have head, you're going to have Turner executives there from CNN. So like, show them what your company's mm-hmm. all about. Put your best mm-hmm. foot forward to show them what's going on, you know? So, yeah, I thought it was great. And this was, I mean, this was the heat of the Monday Night War because WWF was finally picking back up after, mm-hmm. you know, a, a few years of just getting trounced by WCW. So, yeah, the, every every week they were having to outmaneuver each other. Mm-hmm. People forget the week before this, WWF had a world title change for free on Monday Night Raw, unannounced, where Stone Cold beat Kane for the title. Oh, yeah. The night after That's King right. of the Ring, literally the week before this, both mm-hmm. shows gave away world title matches so if you want to crap on wcw for that you got to crap on wwf yeah. for that too um they did the same mm-hmm. thing probably because they knew wcw was going to do that the next week they were probably trying to get the jump on that and, yeah and try to you know make it seem less special but uh anyway that's all the the backstage stuff let's talk about the show itself man um nitro kicks off with the nwo black and white nwo hollywood out in the ring and this is where hogan announces all right i'll face bill goldberg tonight but only if he gets by one of my old friends, an old NWO brother who's going to come out. They don't give it away yet, uh, but he's going to, Goldberg's going to have to fight an old friend of Hogan. It was great. And I remember just speculating in the, in the stands at that point, who's going to be, who's going to be, because I mean, we're, we're hook, line and sinker. They have us. We're 12. We're going <laughs> to, we're biting on everything. Uh, the opening match though, this blew me away. Just I, I was hooked in just watching it back last week. Booker T, television champion Booker T, defeats Dean Malenko. And if you had to ask me, I, I probably would have told you I never would have thought this match ever took place because I always thought those two guys were probably traveling in different circles in WCW. Uh, but this was cool to see, dude. Dean Malenko and Booker T. Yeah, and Dean's in the middle of that Jericho, this classic Jericho feud, you know, and Booker T is just coming off the heels of the Benoit, um, best of seven stuff and all that. And he's good and off on a singles push and TV champion. It's just great, man. And they're both good guys, but right, it didn't right. matter. You know, uh, Booker T takes advantage of a distraction from Jericho and, and wins the match. And that's not the end for Dean Malenko and Jericho, though, because stuff just threads through the night. It does. That's what made this, this show so fun to watch. It holds up really well. Raven defeated Canyon. After that, oh. Raven's rules. And we got Perry Saturn interfering. I was in heaven. <laughs> I was in heaven in this match. Raven was my boy. Yeah, I loved Canyon too. I loved him, and just golly, to see these two guys, I love so much. Go at it, even if it's like three minutes long. I don't care. I, I was in heaven, dude. Like getting to see these guys live is awesome. It was very fun to see these guys. Um, DDP and Carl Malone come out next, and boy, boy, they over, O-V-E-R. Right, Zilla? I'm gonna whip you like Madonna should have whipped. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm gonna knock the paint right out of your hair, boy. 
Sounds like you're gonna be a killer come bash at the beach. No. A Rodzilla killer. So come bash at the beach, Rodzilla Hogan. Get ready to feel the bang, you got her! DDP, the mailman Carabalone! Yeah. Oh, just everyone's doing this, man. Yep. It's just Diamond the cutter. whole crowd is ready for a diamond cutter, and it's just that DDP is what forty at this point, thirty-seven. I mean, he's he's way too old to have started his wrestling career. Like, it's crazy how old he is. Doesn't matter. But, um, he's so cool. Doesn't matter. He's awesome. He's so over the crowd. He's just it's unbelievable just how over he was. and just to have like I said the mailman Carmelo. I mean, we were. We were so stoked, man, to be able to see Carl Malone, too. Because you know, they just driven cross-country from, from Yeah, like, right. And they're big rigged. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they had... <laughs> to Tampa last why week. they yeah. in a semi? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but, but how crazy is that? That it, you, you had Carl Malone and Rodman, who were both in the NBA Finals. Like, you can't book that. Like, you, that's just... That the shoot. <laughs> yeah. I mean... How lucky were they able to to get that to have these two guys who were just megastars that were actually literally in the NBA Finals? And yeah. I think Rodman. I don't know. If, it wasn't this night because Rodman's not on the show this night. But one night he skipped practice, practice for the finals yeah. to go to yeah. Nitro. That was during yeah. the buildup for all this. It's crazy, man. But uh, yeah, it's just wild. It's it, again, you just can't script that. It's just so cool. They were actually going for each other for the finals. It's nuts. Oh, and then you got a huge, huge matchup right here. I'm sure no one was going to the bathrooms or the snack stands when uh, Scott Putzke defeated Dude, Scotty Riggs. You shut in... your mouth when you're talking to me. I love Scott Putzke. This is the most WCW... I said, I put in my notes most WCW Saturday Night match of all time. This is the most WCW Worldwide or WCW That's Pro right. match of all time. This is... I love WCW because I just... I love Saturday Night. I love the worldwide. I just love seeing those guys. I think it's why I still have a really soft spot for NXT, even the NXT 2.0 stuff. I just, I like seeing the guys who aren't all the way there yet, but are trying. Um, and just the ridiculousness. Like Scott Putsky, like, I loved it. And you got Zabisco on <laughs> he was commentary trying. just talking about the Polish hammer and his dad and all kind of stuff. And it's just great, dude. And I just, I, I texted you, like my brother was, uh, he and I both used to be, be like jokingly, we're like Scott Putsky fans. It's because it was like, like ironic, I guess, but it's just, it's just fun. I, got, I was like, I can't see Scott Putsky. My brother's like, what? Scott Putsky. Like, Scott just, Putsky. Cause like, it was just dumb that we got to see Scott Putsky. So. Scott Love versus it. Scotty. Uh, that's why there's, there's not stuff like that in wrestling anymore. Like you don't see a match like that on Monday Night Raw anymore. Um, yeah. I, I I actually watched a little bit of Raw last night, and Akira Tozawa was, yes. was on Raw. I was like, oh, right. it made sense. Though. <laughs> it did. It he was... offered to help Cody the last week, right? Be right. his tag team partner, so he made sense. And Akira Tozawa, it was great. <laughs> yeah, it's like the same kind of level guy. Yeah. So I appreciated yeah. that. Uh, Chris Jericho defeated Ultimo Dragon by disqualification on. when your boy Dean Malenko interfered. And I just wrote, my goodness, Dean Malenko was over. Like, he comes out, he's a house of fire uh, attacking Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho had said all this insults about Dean Malenko's family. I mean, that WCW had did a great job of getting these lower card guys uh, and the cruiserweight stuff over. 
Yeah, they did, and they don't get credit for. It. I think they a lot don't. of people think that they they were just all good, fun cruiserweight matches, and the NWO got everything else. Which probably in the writers' room, the NWO got everything. But like a lot of these guys, Jericho just says, "I was just doing stuff." Like I just, right? They just tell yeah. me do. I was like, he never had a script. He just would go out there and do stuff. Like I'm sure him and Dean talked about, like I'm going to insult your family, and then you punch. Like, but they weren't told because everyone was focused. Eric and all they were focused on the NWO and Sting and. DDP and all that stuff. So like these undercard stuff, the stuff with Eddie and Chavo and like, all that, it's it's so fun. And everybody, if I mean, even on WWF TV, everybody's over. The the crowd is there for everything. Everybody's got something going on. It's just fun. Even like a throwaway match like this, it means something. It's furthering something. It's good. And again, I was a huge Jericho <laughs> fan too. I mean, a huge and Jericho. U- Ultimo fan. Dragon and Dragon. So I mean, yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what this match was getting over, but Chavo Guerrero defeating Impact Wrestling superstar Johnny Swinger with the the Swingman got a promo. He got off the mic in the Georgia Dome. I love Johnny Swinger. I was like a when he went to ECW like later. I was so pulling for him, man. I just Johnny Swinger, dude. He just that stuff just had me. Like I loved these little goofy guys that I knew were never going to be more than like a European title TV title guy. I just liked that they were there and they were having fun. Yeah, Chavo beats him, comes out with a hard hat on. It's just hell. Has a horrible promo. He can't speak yet, but it's just. It's fun, dude. If I had to pick one person on this show that would still be active in a major company in 2023, it would not have been Johnny Swinger. Yeah. Wouldn't have been Sting either. (laughs) Oh, true. Good point. Swinger and the Stinger. That sounds. That's a match I need. AW. Book it before Sting retires. Yeah. Johnny Stinger. I don't know when we'll talk about it, him again. Probably, hopefully, never. But uh, <laughs> I, I met him. His daughter came to uh, one of my youth group events when I was a youth oh, pastor yes, in yes. Mableton, Georgia. That. He picked her up. I talked to him for a yeah. few minutes. Um, that was really, really he random. He up on, on Raven's podcast in the early days for some reason. Uh, I really enjoyed listening to Swinger. Yeah. I've always had a soft spot for Swinger. I had a soft spot for Public Enemy, one of my favorite tag teams. Nah, 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 nah. This is uh, the longest match of the whole night. Except for the main, <laughs> main event. <laughs> Can you believe that? I cannot. I cannot believe their neon yellow Atlanta Braves jerseys that they come yes. out wearing um, as they defeat Alex Wright and Disco Inferno with someone. Oh, dig it. Do that dance, Travis. Uh, the German, Alex Wright. Um Another guy who me and Deke love. Yeah, I was about to say this Tokyo is your boy, Magnum. Tokyo, Tokyo Magnum. Magnum, dude. This guy was over with me. <laughs> I, I love it. He goes through a table on this night. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that spot where they, dude, jumping off the ropes to the table. That was not a very WCW thing. So very cool they had that on there with the Public Enemy. So I know those guys didn't pan out in WWE. They did not. Uh, but 
They did. They were. I was. They were over for me in WCW. I to this day, I remember when they won the tag team titles on Nitro. That's one of my biggest pops. Yeah. From from my bedroom at home watching TV was seeing yeah. Public Enemy win win the tag team titles. I love those guys. They were so fun to watch. And, and then the big uh, the the co main event uh, Goldberg defeats Hulk Hogan's mystery opponent. We saw him earlier in the night. Oh yeah, get that curly cue <laughs> down. That's it, man. You kind of got it. Just missing the toothpick. Scott Hall returning. Uh, I don't know where he'd been or how long he'd been gone. I don't remember all that. So when they announced it, I show up backstage earlier when he arrives in the limo right. and stuff. And like, I mean, we just lost it. Oh, you hear, he hasn't, you hear I the mean, crowd. I love Scott Hall. And yeah. even though he's an NWO or whatever, it's still cool because like he'd been gone for months now, I think two months. And um, just what a surprise. Again, that wasn't advertised, but what a surprise to get you hooked to be like, Oh, Oh, like he might, he might go and go through Hall, and and then also his buff come back yet? Are we getting to that? Yeah, I didn't put that in my notes. Yeah, buff, buff, buff has a promo where he comes back. Debut with Judy Bagwell. <laughs> That's so, right. Uh, but Historic like, with buff coming back, even though he was a heel in NWO when he went off TV, he was so freaking over in the Georgia Dome oh, that night. He's a Georgia the boy. Crowd, yeah, exactly. The crowd loved him, and we were like. Buffs back. It was so cool, man. Like just this, all this stuff that was just extra credit wasn't advertised. It was so fun. Yeah. Again, but it got you. Again, these are the wars where you're flipping channels. You want to see which. Oh, Hall's back tonight. I better stay on Dose W and see what he's going to do with to Goldberg. You know, so it's just cool, man. And the NWO gets involved. DDP and Malone yes. get involved as well. It's they do a great job of weaving all these different storylines and threads together. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> ah, that looks good. <laughs> Uh, Juventud defeats Psychosis. Juventud Guerrera. So we get our, I mean, you know, yeah. standard cruiserweight matchup in there. Yeah. Uh, the Giant so defeats Jim Duggan, and the complete opposite oh. of that match. But, that, but dude, the pop when he comes out, just absolutely. How over he is, man! It's just so fun. And uh, then we get a Kevin Green. Kevin Green. Uh, it's supposed to be Kevin Green and like Goldberg against Giant or something like that, at, or a tag match or something like that. Is yeah. The Giant hitting or something like that at um. It changes to Goldberg versus Henning. I think it bashed the beach. Yeah, uh, but um. Anyway, Kevin Green was over too. There's a Carolina yeah. Panther. He was over, dude. Yeah, it was fun. It was. And uh, that that match was short and sweet, but it was it was good. I believe Giant comes out smoking a cigarette. Does he not? No, he doesn't this night. Oh, not on this night. That was, oh, okay. No, not this night. <laughs> but he does. He gives a promo afterwards, and he sounds like Mitch Hedberg is really out of breath. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it. It's like a really out of breath, moderately sober Mitch Hedberg. Just... <laughs> moderately sober. That's about <laughs> yeah. right. It was very funny. Ooh, and then uh, this is a three-hour show. It started to feel like it at this point because I don't know why. We Did we need DDP to defeat Jimmy Anvil Nightheart? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I needed that. Boy, oh, boy. What a great way to that, build to dude, bash the beach. When he gets knows diamond cards coming there's not a seat in a there's not a right. butt in a seat that whole night that everyone's up and they, they even talk about it and it's just great oh i do want to go back to uh i think it's a seat the uh Hoovy match okay um i think Hoovy i think he throws psychosis over the outside or something like that and uh i think shivani says oh he threw him all the way up to marietta georgia and he's like oh that's about 27 minutes or 27 miles from here and Bobby Heenan says, "Yeah, it won't take you six hours in the car." <laughs> For those of you who know Atlanta traffic, <laughs> you, I mean Heenan 
was spot on. That's it great. Six hours ago, twenty-seven miles in Atlanta. <laughs> it's just oh, Hayden was so good. There's a different third commentator every hour. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and then right before the main event, we get uh, how about this match? Sting and Lex Luger defeating Dude. Sick Boy and Kidman. I got to see Sting live. I think this is my one and only time wow. I've ever seen Sting live, and I was. Wow. Again, he's the reason I got into wrestling, man. So yeah. I, 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 the match was a minute long, uh, and what I've rather seen a you know a ten minute match or something like that with Booker T. Or yeah, but this was they were over with me. The Wolfpack was on fire. The whole thing was fun, and it was actually really cool to see them just come in and just decimate uh, the the flock. The flock's on here like three times this night. It's crazy. <laughs> they come out and they come out and attack a movie. I think or no psychosis too. So they're all over the all over the show. So yeah, this was great, man. You get to see Sting. My one time only seeing him live um, that I can recall was, was this night. So awesome. God, and the Wolfpack is just having a blast. Just they're so over. Good. Conan's yeah. doing his whole <laughs> shtick. Yeah, uh, guys. So uh, Nash calls us Fat Lana. Fat Lana. Fat Lana Trinidad. Wolfpack in the Just having Atlanta. a good time. Yeah. Not scripted. Just, no. just going out. I missed that. I was telling you, man, I was watching this like, I hate to be negative, but man, wrestling is just, will never be as good as it was watching these two shows. Man, it was a different time, a better time. Uh, well, let's get to the main event right here. That's All what right. we came here for. Uh, we are on WCW Monday Nitro season four, episode 27, July 6th, 1998 on Peacock. Two hours, two minutes, 48 seconds is what I've got queued up here. It is just a, uh, looking at a black screen, so it's right. Uh, we've got a commercial Come break. coming back yeah. for the final segment, the main event of the evening. Go ahead and get your Peacock updated. Get your app <laughs> updated. Uh, pay for the premium. Do whatever you got to do. Get back here. Again, and throughout the night, they've shown Goldberg's like milestone victory, like number one, I think 25, 50, 75, 100. He's at... He was at 106 coming in. He beat Hall for 107. He's going to defeat Hogan here for our legendary 108. 108. <laughs> so, yeah, little inside. But anyway, uh, just just really cool to build up throughout the night. Again, it made this night felt a great so job. so big, so special. <laughs> All right, man, I've got it queued up. You got it queued up. Got it. We're ready to go. 202 go on. 48 on WWE Nitro, July 6, 98. Let's watch it. All right. We'll go 3, 2, 1, play. Ready? And 3, 2, 1, play. Here we go, baby. All this right. Here I am. buzzing. Cannot see me. I don't think. I think you could kind of see where we were ish at some point in the night, but. I see Hooters and Miller Lite. Uh... Yep. Goldberg, Georgia's number one dog sign. Look at that Georgia Bulldog sign. Bowl cut. <laughs> oh, I my. Sleep. I mean, it's Bowl Cut City. The Hogan bowl Killer. City. Yeah. Goldberg signs. I got Just my Goldberg continue. shirt on right now. That's I got right. My WCW, where the big boys play, cup from CNN Center in Atlanta, Georgia. Right. 
field trip in the fifth grade. I had to right. get my WCW merchandise when we visited CNN Center. No doubt. Um, there are so many Goldberg shirts, and Goldberg is the man. Now, there was always rumors that WCW was piping in these Goldberg chants. Not on this night, right? Not a chance, dude. This was, I mean, it's so loud. We were all just Goldberg, Goldberg. No, this was not piped in, dude. There's Dougie D. Great. There he is, Doug Dillinger. <laughs> Tim and Meadows is making phone. a phone call. The payphone. He's calling up Sandler. Like you got to watch. Norman Smiley's security guard right next to. Goldberg. I didn't miss Norman Smiley. I didn't even see him this night. Yeah, where was he at? I think I saw him at the next Nitro I went to in 2001. Yeah, what they, a stark contrast that night was. <laughs> these guys are definitely going to protect Bill Goldberg in case anything happens. Yeah. <laughs> what in the world? Who are these guys? The middle-aged ministry. Renica. <laughs> oh, that's one of my favorite things earlier in the night. I think who was it? They are doing some kind of pull-apart. And uh, one of the guys from security, I think it was the Jericho and uh, Malenko, one of the guys from security, like you could tell he had, was not instructed what to do. He's just kind of standing around in his fanny pack and just like looking like an idiot. But um, this is, what a long walk. And building anticipation. That's what this all is, man. It, it does such a great job. Love the entrance from Goldberg. Um, what a incredible um, idea for his presentation was to always show this and yeah. uh, really set him apart. Yeah, and Bischoff has joked on his podcast about, like, honestly, it's a wonder it caught on because if there's anybody who doesn't need security, it's this guy. This right. man either, you know? like, But it just – it was a different way to present him. It made him stand out. Nobody else got that, so it was a big deal. Look at this. this. We have the volume muted, but this crowd is losing their minds. Of course, oh, yeah. some people are like, well, you already saw him earlier tonight. It wasn't that exciting. I'm like, I don't care, dude. We were on cloud nine because we got to see him again because this one meant more than the last match. He had to yeah. get through Hall to get here. This one's for the big one. He's already the U.S. champ. Is he going to be a, a double champ? We don't know. We hope so. Fingers crossed he's going to be. But, you know, it's Hogan. We Even though we were 12, we knew Hogan is Hogan, and we weren't sure if it was going to be some kind of screwball finish. Or what? Surely they wouldn't do that, but you never know. Good, great point, man. Yeah, you you always hear the rumors, and I was probably I think like January '98. It's probably when I first really started getting online, reading wrestling, like becoming a smart mark. Uh, yeah. And so you know, I was reading all these stories, and it was changing my opinion of what I thought about Hulk Hogan and things yeah, like that. Because he was your boy. Oh, of course, I grew up loving time, Hogan. Yeah. But yeah. Major thing. Oh yeah, is he really gonna lay down for Goldberg? Right. Is he gonna come up with a reason? Is he gonna actually beat the streak here? Yeah. Or is it gonna be a schmoz? Is it gonna be a DQ? Um, that referee. It's that bow tie on David Pinzer. <laughs> Polka dot and bow tie. Those who are not watching is uh, um, golly Charles Robinson, who is still refing to this the day. The legend. Just Benjamin Button, dude. Continues. Nitro continues. Again, that's a great way to keep me. If I'm at home watching this, I just saw Goldberg come out. I'm not switching to Raw. Absolutely. I'm staying not. on Nitro to see what happens. You know. So I did. I did film this or had my parents record this one at home. I'm. I'm assuming I missed the Raw, but I had to go back and read it online or something. I, I don't know. I know I may have set a tape in my. I don't know. I, surely I wouldn't have missed Raw. I wouldn't have seen it until I got back from the beach. But anyway, so here comes Hogan. Jimmy Hendrix Here he music. comes. Not on the network. Not on Not Peacock. Not on the network, baby. Nope. Which sucks. But live, I got to hear it. So good. He's going to kick Goldberg's butt. Yeah. 
Oh, I mean, oh, oh just got nailed with a Coca-Cola. He didn't. He no-sold it. He hogan it, dude. <laughs> and we're not playing the commentary, like you said, but I I just want to point out, <clears throat> I I think it's so fascinating. The, the commentary's done a great job all night. Tony Schiavone in his tuxedo, and uh, <laughs> they're so excited about this night. Bobby Heenan, uh, what I always loved was he was such a huge Goldberg fan. He's a heel, and yeah. he's always been a heel, but I said this, he did the same thing with The Undertaker, too. Even mm-hmm. when Undertaker was a babyface, Bobby Heenan was a fan of The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. He would always get excited. You could tell he just enjoyed, as a wrestling fan, watching The Undertaker. And you could tell, yep. as a wrestling fan, he thought Goldberg was really cool and yep. loved his intensity. He, he would be a heel about everything else. But he yeah. thought Goldberg was the man, and he, he would get jacked when Goldberg would come out. And I thought that was just such a nice touch. It brought yeah, a little realism to the moment. It is because how could you not? I mean, uh, how could you not love this guy? It was just, it was insane, dude. The excitement he brought to a ring. And he's, I mean, his matches in WCW, his longest one was what with DDP and Halloween Havoc this year in '98. Yeah, which hadn't happened yet. Maybe before this, it was that. with Raven, and uh, when he won the U.S. title. Yeah, in April, might, that slam spring stampede. I think yeah, and they had all the interference from the flock and all there. That, that was probably his biggest test yeah. up to this point. And then the match with Scott Hall earlier in the night. That was a big test for him. It was. I've heard Hall talk about that and how he kind of, he kind of, you know, got the Iggy backstage to mess with Goldberg almost and just see what he could take. So he was like, I, so I did. You know, it, it and was you watch it back, you can tell it's a little. You can see it. Yeah, there's bit. some things going on in that match. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's cool because cool. Goldberg again. Goldberg did not grow up a fan of this. He fell into it because he was, you know, had a hurt ankle or knee or whatever it was for the Falcons. And yeah. someone just was like, he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. So I was like, hey, why don't you come wrestle? So I mean, and I, I respect his honesty about that. He didn't grow up a huge fan. He just fell into it. But he's a fan now, and he loves it. And Hogan at this point. He's not like Roman Reigns level title reign. I mean, he dropped the title a couple of times. He dropped it to Luger, and uh, I think he dropped might probably Sting. dropped it to he dropped it to Sting. Um, but he'd been the guy with the NWO for two years at this yeah. point. I mean, he had been the tippy top heel, yeah. um, and so this was huge to see him up against Goldberg. Yeah, and he didn't get a lot of Hogan title matches on TV because he had a limited right. schedule. Yes. Yes, you know, he sure. had most of his money was made off of pay-per-view, too, buy rates and stuff. Uh, and he only had a contract for, like, whatever it was, six or eight a, a year instead of all 12. So, um, yeah, so the fact that he was here wrestling, because a lot of times he just come out and do promos. But. Well, he went to the tanning bed on this night, I'll tell you that much. Now, he fell asleep in it. <laughs> I mean, it is. Oh. It, you know, he was orange in, in <laughs> WWE. F, but he is brown. <laughs> He's like a baked potato, man. <laughs> baked potato tan. The skin. <laughs> uh, he's fallen Goldberg victim to the test of strength. strength. Love me a Conan good O'Brien test of strength. Guy down there. <laughs> <laughs> that is Conan, isn't it? All the yeah. stars are here for the big match. All right. So if I'm not mistaken, if you like go up from their like their hand that's shaking is up. Okay. If you were to go up from that, I think that's the corner that we were in. You think that's where you were at? 
corner of a dome. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But, okay. Uh, that area, if I'm not mistaken. We were across from the uh, entrance and kind of up to their right a little bit. Okay. Um, so if we get so, super 3D zoom in, we might see you guys there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see if we can get Christopher Nolan to put this on IMAX for us. <laughs> there you go. That'll work. <laughs> yeah. you got so, your... again, this match is not uh, – they're not having like a Matt Classic, but the frenzy in the arena, I'm telling you, dude, it's wild. Oh yeah, you, you can know, just hear the something. buzz in the crowd. Yeah, for sure. Oh, here You're comes. Ask, I got my tickets for Oppenheimer yet? I was going to ask that. <laughs> uh, kill me! I may not get to see it on open night. Um, I hope I can, but I may not be able to. Uh, my wife's out of town. My parents are going to be here, but they're leaving that day, so I uh, I may not get to see it. Bring the kids. I might leave the kids. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring the kids. All right. So Goldberg is taking the weight belt and throwing it down again. Hogan did not get DQ'd. Referee Charles Robinson is being a little lenient with the yeah. rules here. This is a title match. We want to see a, a title change or a pinfall. Yep. This match Goldberg needs shirt. to happen. Goldberg has beaten everyone that's coming his path. Everyone from Hugh Morris to Scott Hall. To Conan. Yep. Oh, <laughs> I had those sting masks. I had one of those. Oh, did you? I got it at that um, house show. From my, cause it, was my, it was like the weekend or week before my birthday or something back in April. And so I, I got it. A sting mask. Full yep. Nelson gets reversed with a little Death Valley shot from Hulk Hogan. Oh. A little heel work. Hogan was he's doing the same moves he did as a baby face. I was just about to say. That's what <laughs> made him such a good moved. heel. Yeah. yeah. He didn't change anything about his in-ring work at all. <laughs> he just changed his character a little bit. You know, Goldberg's actually taking a beating, but he had already been through a match earlier. That was he the storyline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so made him a Goldberg, little bit more vulnerable. Hogan is... Yeah, Hogan's choking him right here, so it's not like he's just getting decimated by Mega Hogan. But it is Hogan. I mean, he is the man. He is the legend. He's been the legend for 10 years up to this point. Like, it makes sense. Is he my body slam Goldberg? Probably not. No. Oh, he's dodging the elbows. And for all the crap Hogan gets, I mean, he is selling. He is putting Goldberg over. Look at that. The crowd just – look at that. Everyone's on their feet with that, that one clothesline. Oh, Goldberg they know. Goldberg just blew his comeback. They know. They're going to see something special here. That Nitro symbol looks an awful lot like AEW Collision nowadays. <laughs> sure does. Tony Khan is a big, AW, big WCW fan. Yeah, apparently so. What would you oh, give Jer- for one of those – Jericho uh, had his Monday Night Jericho shirt on when he came out. And I – golly, I wanted one of those. Uh, uh, Hogan needs that weight belt back on. Yeah, <laughs> way to lift. Yeah, carry this chump, carry this greenhorn to a five star classic. What would you get for one of those nitro shirts that the cameramen are wearing? I'd get about eleven dollars, man. But <laughs> that's it. All right. I guess you don't want it that much. All right. Never, never mind. No, I would love to have one. Did you I buy just, anything no. at the merch stand on this night? Uh, no. Oh. No, I don't think so. Unless I got my sting mask, dude, I didn't want to leave a seat, man. True. Like, this is—I've never been to a TV taping. This is awesome. This is three hours of nitro. I know three hours is a long time now, but when you're 12 and it's firing on all cylinders, oh that cameraman has a duffel bag around his waist. I mean, <laughs> That's the largest <laughs> fanny pack I've ever seen. Bag. <laughs> you could fit a child in that <laughs> fanny pack. He might have a baby kangaroo in there or something. <laughs> I mean, Hogan is just, is this a Ravens rules match? He's hitting him with a chair. Absolutely. Referee is letting it happen. 
it's just crazy. So many mustaches. And you're right, dude. A lot of NWO shirts in that crowd. A lot of NWO, man. Black Everywhere. and white and black and red. Everywhere. Boom! Oh, the leg drop! Hogan drops the leg. That's it. And it had been. That's it for everybody. Wait a minute. A second leg drop! Second one? Gotta be it, man. Uh-oh. <laughs> What's here Mr. Comes. Perfect doing out here? Kurt the Squirt Hannig coming out with his shirt tucked in with no belt. <laughs> no belt. Can't even do that, dude. Oh, oh he, right behind him. Didn't look over his shoulder. DDP and yeah. Carl Malone are right there. The unofficial chairman, because we all know Leparco is the official chairman of the WCW. Of course. Oh, Picture right perfect there. diamond he gutter from Carl Malone. Up. We lost our minds when he diamond cutted Hennig. And then no, this right here. No one is right sitting here. down. No one's sitting down. Spare! <gasps> look at that crowd. We all know what's coming. What's coming. Bobby Heenan is losing his mind on commentary. Yeah, Gobert is pointing and doing that. So good. Yeah, Bobby Heenan is loving it. Oh, we got some streamers. <laughs> NWO for life shirt in the front is excited. They don't even care. This is such an epic night. Here it goes. Here it goes. Everyone's on. Look at all those flashes. Flash photography. Toilet paper. The everything is going in the Boom. ring. Jackhammer. One, two, three. Yes. Go. Look at that reaction. Oh, we lost our minds. Look at that. Golly, I got to eat me for breakfast. 108 and 0. Just what an incredible night, dude. Two belts. What an incredible night. I mean, that was that was WCW's Daniel Bryan yes like moment, like winning the titles at WrestleMania. That was oh, so big. Like this is this was incredible. What a night, dude. In the, just all the stars aligned. That's it. That, that's that, that's the point it's I was in Atlanta. We're trying to make earlier. Like, if you want to crap on this decision, not waiting for pay per view or not waiting for uh, you know, Starcade or whatever, you're missing the point, man. Like, uh, yeah. sometimes it makes sense to just go with what's hot in the moment, and they did, and they created a moment that lives on forever because of that. Kind of like when they didn't you know, overthink w- it. Yeah, they didn't. Like WWF is Vince is very stubborn for waiting and holding out, but guess what? In the summer of 2011, he pulled the trigger on CM Punk, and it was tremendous. That's right. That that match at Money in the Bank is up there with like this type of atmosphere, you know. Um, you know, did it? You know, didn't the follow up wasn't that great, but the moment was awesome. You know, same thing. Daniel Bryan, they they pivoted and did that for WrestleMania 30. You know, every now and then, you know, Vince gets a clue and does the right thing. <laughs> and Bischoff did the right thing this night. It was awesome. And I have been it's to some Titanic shows. Bank when it hit Goldberg. Oof. <laughs> That's what it says. Maybe Goldberg is what the uh, submarine ran into oh, last week. <laughs> <laughs> the new sheriff in town is Bobby Heenan. Right. Um, uh, you know, I, I remember going to WrestleMania 34 when Brock beat Roman. And, like, I just remember walking out of the arena that night and the whole everyone was walking out just like disappointed and like in a weird mood and upset. Cause we just saw like the weirdest ending to WrestleMania. It was the most unsatisfying ending ever. I'm sure this was the complete opposite, man. Yeah. I'm sure when y'all walked out of the arena that night, it was just electric. Oh, it was man. We were, I mean, everyone walking out was just Goldberg. Go. It was just incredible. I mean, you can't get any better than this. Electric, was- man. 
this was probably WCW's. I don't know, man. Maybe in their last like ten out of ten, you know. Absolutely. And again, I still love them till the day they close. I mean, I, I I never gave up on them. And did I see this ship sinking? Absolutely. But I went down with it. You know, I loved it. And I loved RDF too. And I, I I came to love it more than WCW too. But I still love this. This is what I. This is what I remember. This is what I love. But you're right. It's, it was awesome. It's hard to believe less than three years from now, this company's going to be out of business after that <laughs> yeah. moment because it's yeah. so incredible. And that yeah. crowd is so alive. That's one of the best crowd reactions I've ever seen. Um, how is that even possible? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, well, oh, any man. other parting thoughts on that uh, as y'all were uh, there for it as you went home. Uh, what else? Anything else you remember about that night we didn't talk about? I'm gonna pull out this this thing you gave me. How about this? Yeah, you got me this for my birthday, right? Uh, it's, it's a Goldberg commemorative casing. It says a commemorative ticket. Who's next? Let's open it and see. All right. So I just showed you guys my real ticket. So this is an official WCW license. Uh. It's like a thing you, I guess you, it's a little pendant on, on the bag. says, on July 6, 98, largest wrestling crowd for WCW Monday Night's main event saw Goldberg win his first world title by beating the former champion, Hollywood Hogan. Goldberg, with over 100 consecutive wrestling victories, took the title away from Hogan by defeating him with his famous jackhammer move. Goldberg is considered to be one of the most powerful and intimidating wrestlers in the WCW. Absolutely. The former nose guard of the Georgia Bulldogs and the Atlanta Falcons oh. enjoyed winning his first world title in front of his hometown crowd in Atlanta at the Georgia Dome. This is number 134 out of 10,000, and it is a limited edition classic collectible product officially licensed. So, uh, yeah, there's that. It's got like a, a replica of – can you see it? Is it too fuzzy? It's a little blurry. Um, I don't know. It's got a replica of the um, ticket that I showed you guys earlier right there. So, um, anyway, and then it's got a – you know, Goldberg, who's next? So, commemorative ticket. So, I appreciate this. That's pretty cool. I hadn't opened it until right now. but I, And I have this, and I have my ticket from the night to go along with the it. The real so. ticket. Yeah, man. Pretty sweet. That's awesome. Pretty sweet. Absolutely. So, yeah, that night was just, I mean, it was just great. I just can't believe. I've, I've been lucky. Some of the shows I've been to. Sure. Um, you think that was the biggest one. crowd reaction you ever saw? Uh... Probably, probably just because because um, I mean even the other shows I went to like WrestleMania when Taker came back and stuff and Ben Wallen those are huge and that was Madison Square Garden. Well, the other big Goldberg night I saw was in Madison Square Garden when in New York booed him out of the. I, I saw both ends of Goldberg's career. Like <laughs> I saw the peak here and then the end of his WW or WCW one or WWF one, uh, which was terrible. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean I probably lost the cover action I've been a part of, you know. I've been a part of some cool shows, but For that sure. was a really, really, really big, big night. Awesome stuff. Well, I have to say, I do remember um, definitely watching it live and being a huge deal. Uh, but, you know, as we've talked about here many times, I was more of a WWF guy than mm-hmm. I, I still love WCW. I had my NWO yeah. shirt. I saw went to Nitro Live a few times, went to WCW house shows and WCW Saturday night. I just love wrestling. But if you yeah. had if I had to make a choice, I was always more of a WWF guy. That's what I got hooked on first. Right. Got hooked on Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon. And I always, you know, for the most part, picked Raw over Nitro. 
I would always watch both and would record both. I would record one on the VCR in the living room and record one on the VCR in my bedroom and um, would flip channels and then would go back and watch the tapes of them the next day because I was, you know, an obsessive, nerdy wrestling fan back then. I Yeah, and eventually if, you and I would be talking on the phone during the We show would talk on the phone during Raw. Yeah. That's right. Hey, Raw and Nitro. <laughs> That's how we watched Raw and Nitro back then. Um... I, if I recall correctly, uh, and this was 25 years ago, so I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure I was with my grandparents. You talked about your grandmother, the big China fan. I was with mm-hmm. my grandparents in Tennessee visiting them on this night. Maybe that's why I didn't go with See, y'all. See, I think that's why you could. I think you were gone. Like, I, I just think you could not come. Yeah. I don't remember being invited, no, but maybe I, I was. I, I just don't remember it. I would have swore you were. <laughs> Well, I was visiting them, and I do remember um, I was trying to spend time with them, but I was also like trying to run back to some of the back bedrooms and watch the show that night. Yeah, and I watched everything um, on tape afterward. But I do remember I knew the Goldberg thing was happening. I knew you were there, and so yeah. I was like, I-, I made sure to make it a point to try to see that the main event when it happened. But I was also watching Raw on this night because there was a lot of fun stuff going on. Um, and it was a great move by WCW to do this on a night when Raw was taped. So, like, yep. people, you may not be, you may be too young to remember, uh, but Raw was live one week. They would have Raw live on Monday. And then the very next night on Tuesday, they would tape the next week's Raw. And they did that for a long time, uh, up, yep. and, up till 1999, basically, I think is when they finally started going live every week. Uh, but this was a taped episode of Raw. So I, you could read the spoilers of it beforehand. I remember reading the spoilers of it. I knew it was going to happen, but you still watched every week because it was so exciting and there was so much stuff yeah. going on. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I just remember going back and forth on that night, but making sure, okay, I knew I needed to watch the main event of Nitro right. that night and see all that happen. Um, so let we want to compare these two shows and compare the main event, especially because Undertaker's in the main event, and these would have been going head to head. Nitro yeah. was eight to eleven, Raw was nine to eleven, so they were airing at the exact same time. Exactly. Um, uh, I'm trying to dig through Peacock to find the next episode. So here we go, finally. Shoo, got it. Well, uh, the show kicks off. We've got um, a segment where the Undertaker comes out and he's demanding to be the number one contender for the WWF Championship against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin, I want a title shot, and I want it right now. Whoa, on the I'm not wasting any words. The Undertaker wants Stone Cold. The Undertaker wants the WWF title on the line, and he seems that he's not willing to wait. And Stone Cold comes out. He's ready to fight him, but Vince McMahon cuts him off and is saying, you know, he's not going to let the inmates run the asylum uh, anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, Then we've got the Brawl for All. uh, It's taking up some time on this episode of Monday Night Raw. Huge matchup here as uh, the BSK member, Savio Vega, defeats Brockus in a Brawl for All matchup. (laughs) We've actually talked about Brockus a few times lately. He was on that yeah. Mayhem and Manchester show. He's Boy, he gets many. squashed in this brawl for all, man. Savio Vega takes him to town, breaks his nose, I'm pretty sure. Savio, who came back at the uh, pay-per-view oh, in Puerto Rico God. to an ovation of 
all ovations. Uh, give me a Savio Vega match here in 2023. I'm ready for it. Absolutely. Me too. Uh, Ken Shamrock defeats Double J, AEW superstar Jeff Jarrett. Um, <laughs> just had a, a concession stand brawl against Mark Briscoe on AEW. Yeah. I did not have that on my bingo card. No, it was great, though. Um, uh, who's accompanied by Tennessee Lee, Colonel Robert Parker, uh, on this night when King Maple interferes uh, and uh, beats up Ken Shamrock, making his return to the WWF after three years. Uh, Why? Uh, well, because Ken Shamrock is the king of the ring. And so he's going through all the different kings of the ring. Vader and Bradshaw have a little bit of a banger here that ends in a double DQ after Kane and Mankind run in and beat both of them up. I bet that match was full of potatoes. Oh, absolutely. Just slugging. Oh, that's to be called a Louisville slugger match. The DOA, Skull and Eight Ball, accompanied by Paul Ellering, defeated the Headbangers. Uh, D'Lo Brown pinned Terry Funk. T-Lo Brown did not have that one being hard either. Terry Funk. Good night. Uh, and then the Undertaker comes out and choke slams D-Lo Brown and the Godfather and Terry Funk. I remember when we covered that like, yes. <laughs> in '98. Yes, uh, that's awesome. Uh, and then Mister McMahon, he's gonna try to sort everything out with these three: Kane and Mankind, and Undertaker. He ends up making a triple threat match for the main event. Uh, and the winner is going to be the number one contender for Stone Cold Steve Austin for the world title at SummerSlam because um, they just keep interfering and, and, and making everything about themselves. Yeah. Uh, Hawk and Draws go to a draw in a Brawl for All matchup. Yep. And then uh, Miss Jacqueline and Mark Merrow and Sable all come out and call each other very inappropriate names and that leads to a bikini contest at Fully Loaded. Uh, with a couple of sable well, bombs. Yeah, I was going to say, that leads to something. I remember. <laughs> Their hands were all over that one. <laughs> yes, they were. Hands on. Uh, <laughs> Val Venus defeated AEW superstar Dustin Runnels by disqualification. Wow. When Kai and Ty interfered. And then um, there's a segment where... DX dresses up as the Nation of Domination, but uh, it's not on Peacock, even though they build it up all night throughout the show. They, Wait a minute. The commentary talks about it, and they show graphics for it, but I couldn't seem to find it on the Peacock. record this night, because I remember getting home and watching that and laughing my head off. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. They cut it out of Peacock? Oh, it's not on there. Oh, my goodness. Uh, rightfully so. Oh my! In goodness. 2023, you can't you can't show that anymore. It was 98 though. Oh, I'm look, man. I, I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in 1998, without oh, question. But God, uh, you can't show Xbox and all around your back. You can't show Xbox and blackface anymore, man. You can't show the chief executive Triple H and blackface anymore. What do you know? What do you know? Black and white it out like when they have blood. That might work. <laughs> Poor Jason Sensation. Doesn't get to have his segment on the network anymore. Dang. Sorry I'm late, but my nose got here 20 minutes ago. <laughs> oh. oh. And so then, uh, actually, we're going to show, we're going to talk about the last two matches on the night because uh, they come back and the 
uh, last two matches go commercial free. So the last segment of the show is like 20 minutes long here, Travis. So uh, we're going to come back to one of our favorites, man. King Mabel, one of our favorite Undertaker we're opponents. doing this ourselves. Big Daddy V uh, is going to be facing Ken Shamrock here on this episode of Monday Night Raw. I got it, I got it at 113.22. So oh, that's exactly wanna... where I stopped it. All right, love perfect. It. I love that. One hour, 13 minutes, 22 seconds. Same night, season six, episode 27, July 6, 1998. So this is the last 16 minutes. So this is up against what we just saw. Yeah, it's basically the same amount of time uh, yeah. that we saw. So the last segment of each show. Um, just remember that because <laughs> you're watching this. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. You want to give us the so countdown yet three... again? Yep. We'll go three, two, one, play, and do it. So three, two, one, play. Well, Earl Hebner giving the stink eye to look King Mabel right there. Look at that hair. You like that? I think so. I do like Ken Shamrock though. Golly, this guy love should have been some. He should have been like Kurt Angle. He should have been. He didn't have the personality, but he just should have been more than he was. He just wasn't around long enough. But he was over. I mean, oh, he was oh, no a doubt. beast. I, yeah, I think I thought he was going to be a world champion at some point. That's what I mean. He just should have. He 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 was just. I don't know. Timing. He was a you lot know, like Austin. Was Austin? He was. Yeah, probably the wor- wrong like time. You know, like in WCW, like he was a top guy, but like wasn't quite heavyweight champion material. Kind of wrong place, wrong time. But he brought a realism and an intensity that was there that really nobody else could match. No, I mean, WWF had him. WCW had Goldberg. That was, and then W uh, or ECW had um, Taz kind of as like their real legit yeah. type guys, you know. Obviously, Goldberg and Stone Cold get compared a lot, yeah, uh, because they were the guys, and they were both bald with goatees and black trunks. And black trunks. But yeah. honestly, yeah, Goldberg yeah. was a lot closer to Ken Shamrock as a performer, um, with the MMA gloves and sort of that style uh, of working and that realism yeah. and intensity. Um, and even the submissions, he'd do. Goldberg mm-hmm. would do some kind of crazy jujitsu stuff. He would, yeah, for sure, for sure. And this was so bizarre to see King Mabel back for one night only here in 1998. We hadn't seen him since uh, losing to Undertaker in a casket match in, in December of 95. Here he is here. And uh, I guess, I don't know if they kept him under contract or what happened, but he'd go, go on to be Viscera uh, in just a few months from this in the Ministry yeah. of Darkness. I but, mean, what did he do for three years? I don't know, but... I hated King Mabel back in the day. Couldn't stand watching him. He's somebody who I have grown to appreciate a lot more. Like, I'm not going out of my way to watch a King Mabel match or a Viscera match. But, like, he does. He's not like Great Collie or something. Like He, right. he can work. Right. You know, he can do yeah. some big moves. He brings a lot of character to what he's doing. Yeah. Um, I was, I'm actually I watching a lot of 95 stuff lately. Yeah. And like he's into it, man. Like he's he's doing a lot of, yeah. he, he's trying, you know. He he's limited in what he can do, but he's actually yeah. trying, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I mean, I hated the Mabel stuff, sure. but I, I liked I liked his viscera stuff. I liked when he got more character and did the big vis, and it was like basically a big fat Norman Smiley, you know, yeah. like the the wiggle and all the stuff he did. 
Big Daddy great. V. We dug that. Big Daddy V. With Mark great. Henry. That's what I'm yeah. yeah. All that stuff was fantastic. Uh, wow. Can't share much about to break his ankle. He's off. murdering him. What do you tell? What's your time at? What are we doing right now? I'm at 116, 39, 40, okay. 41, 42, right, 16, right. 44. That's a couple seconds behind you. Tim White. Timmy White, Hall of Famer. That's right. The only Hall of Famer in the ring right now. <laughs> oh, they're starting right. to slaughter. Never Holly mind. Slaughter's there. Yeah. Crash Holly, the referee. <laughs> That's Jack Doan, I think. Jack Doan. Good call. Yeah. Good pull. And then old Baby Earl. I mean, Ken is just going. And that's part of what got him guy. over, man, when he yeah. would lose his cool and go off like this. In the zone. He was in the zone. That's right. Exactly, <laughs> man. <laughs> Get out of my way! Yeah. He punched up in the head. It's like Goldberg. Well, one, earlier on in Nitro, Goldberg, I mean, creams his head into that lock. Yes, he does. <laughs> He's like, cuckoo. I'm like, dude, stop. <laughs> it's it's a work. Yeah. <laughs> work is up to a shoot, brother. The <laughs> uh, X shirts, ECW shirts. I saw some gold, or NWO shirts earlier. So All right. Shamrock's so. walking to the back. There's Paul Bearer. There he is. Oh, Vince likes what he saw. <laughs> yeah, it's Give great him a match. thumbs up. Oh, Vince is ready. Got his hands rubbed together. He's ready for this main event. He is. Like this. Oh, sword and slaughter with a salute. <laughs> that was uh, good. Sarge. Uh, everybody's flicking him off. Well, just as many. Oh, I, I just saw an NWO shirt in the crowd. I was yep. about to say, just as many NWO shirts were at Nitro. There were Austin 316 shirts, mm-hmm. SCU shirts, all that good stuff, man. Oh, yeah. It was a Kane shirt right there. There is I a Kane think. shirt. Look at that. I like that. What's Vince saying here? Come on, pal. And he's getting on commentary, which was always oh, a treat. Know. Oh, here we go. Who's coming out? Wait a second. The glass just broke. It must have. And those people are up on their feet. Man, you wouldn't think that a guy in uh, uh, really tight, really high-waisted jean shorts and a vest <laughs> and a gold necklace would be looking cool, but ain't nobody looking cooler than Stone Cold Steve Austin right now. If you look at him out of context, like, what is he, a Chippendale dancer? But <laughs> 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 he's Stone Cold Steve Austin. The biggest redneck I've ever seen. And it's just so funny how, like, the Northeast Territory – they they did everything they could and like their biggest star it was a redneck from Texas. And like you know Vince hated that for part of it, but like, right. he loved it because of what it but like he hated that he couldn't get somebody else over that level. And he took a redneck from Texas and he didn't want to talk because he was Southern. Like, no. You know? It's and he never was, what he, he would have predicted, never what he would have And even Hogan is from Augusta, Georgia. Our <laughs> yeah. hometown. That's yeah. where he was born. <laughs> That's just funny, like you know, Cena, yeah, Cena's from Boston, you know. Roman's from Pensacola, like they're Southern boys. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's just funny. Well, Stone Cold just told Vince he was number one. He did. Got and he said, join him on commentary. Give me this 20... commentary team in 2023. Oh. <laughs> Jerry Lawler, Jim Ross, Vince McMahon, Stone Cold. Throw on Titus O'Neil and I'm there. Put them up. <laughs> oh, my word. Titus at WrestleMania was incredible. Sugar honey iced tea. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> That's the name of our text thread. My buddy's from up here. <laughs> Rick Rubin, right behind Stone Cold. Not really, but it looks like him. That's the old prospector from the Wolf Ferrell Saturday Night Live sketch. 
Okay. Keep in mind, guys, this is, what is this? Two 48 days after? hours <laughs> yeah. after Hell in a Cell, oh. Mick Foley is walking out with his shoulder hanging on by a literal thread. Yeah. Paul. Paul Bear in, in the, the ring. ring. Checking out. Taking going on. With his presence. Mick Foley, I, mean, I can't imagine the pain that he's in right now. No. It has been 48 hours since he fell I, from the top of a building twice. I was on the elliptical today for 30 minutes. This is the first time I worked out in a month, and I'm in pain. I can't imagine what it's like. I rode a kayak. Yeah. My wife and I went riding kayaks last night for like an hour and a half, and my, <laughs> I feel like I've been in a car wreck. I feel like I got thrown off the cell. Lights are out. Here comes Kane. Again, this Lights is supposed out. to be a triple threat. Radio. Mankind, right. Kane, and Undertaker. So Makes sense. that's Makes the story sense. here. Here comes Kane. Kane. Looking a little bit thick. Looking a little, <laughs> little chubs. <laughs> and you know, we're not spoiling anything for anybody. This is obviously we know this is the Undertaker dressed as Kane. But if you're watching this live <laughs> yeah. in nineteen ninety eight you can't tell. Mm-mm. You don't see anything. And um, he's wearing both sleeves, which Kane had first done at King of the Ring a couple weeks ago in that um, match where he was supposed to set himself on fire if he lost mm-hmm. the suicide stipulation for the world title. Uh, so it, it made sense. Okay. There's a reason why he's wearing... We've seen him wearing two sleeves lately. But he's doing... Mark Calloway, he's doing doing all the mannerisms. He's got them nailed down. Keep in mind, he has a broken ankle. Yeah, he's not feeling great either. I said the only difference is he he looks a little bit thicker, and the hair is not quite as curly as we've seen with Kane. But you're not. Yeah. If you're not looking for that, you're probably not paying attention to it. Yeah, I mean, you weren't expecting it to not be Kane, so you're just like, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, I would love to hear these guys on commentary right now. I mean, Vince with his little Pendleton mustache, Austin. Oh, my <laughs> now, goodness. Jerry Lawler and, well, JR is at the St- house. Stone Cold <laughs> would give him so much crap for that mustache. <laughs> <laughs> he would be ragging yeah, on him for would. that. Get that from what? All right, so Undertaker, his music's playing. Great clips, what? The sm- clips, What? <laughs> The smoke is rising yep. up. Where is he? Where's Where the dead is man? Taker. Crowd's waiting, anticipating. Uh, they've restarted the music. All right, Vince, Vince is looking, is around, looking like, around. Like, what's going on? Austin's got the bloody spot on his head from where he bled. Yeah. At King of the Ring. Uh oh, Vince is. He's wondering. He's Something's happening that. with his main event. Yeah. Does not like it. Golly. Austin on commentary was always good. So good. I, I thought he was going to become a commentator. I love 2001 when he's hurt so much. He's on commentary for all those like Benoit and Jericho matches. That's so good. And the angle stuff is fun. They should just pay him whatever he wants. Let him take over yes. for, for Wade Barrett or uh, whoever the awful guy on Monday Night Raw is. The British Kevin guy. Patrick. Oh my God, Irish, whatever he is, he's awful. All right, so take. Where is Taker? Where he's is not he? there. Kane and Mankind are over there wondering what's going on. They're in the fiend lighting 
Anyway, yeah, Fiend's coming out. Vince is talking to Chimmel. He's saying, look, maybe he's watching the Goldberg match right now. Oh, that's it right there. <laughs> he's watching Nitro. <laughs> Somebody get him off of the key. It's a sell out of this. Goldberg's about to win the, the title, curtain. guys. Yeah. Going to be. And Mankind's okay. dipping out. He's going to go watch Nitro. <laughs> yeah. Trying to put some butts in the seats. Chimmel's about to say, due to the yes, fact... Six months, six months before this was the biggest, was Starcade. Huge. And then six months after this is the Stinger Poke of Doom. Chimmel just said, due to the fact that The Undertaker is chicken... Sh- <laughs> oh, yeah? Out. Wow. Man, Kane and Mankind will face each other. That's amazing. Vince instructed Chimmel to call The Undertaker chicken bleep. Chicken salad. That's incredible. <laughs> what a great touch. We always talked about how Vince would always, he was never afraid of the Undertaker, but he would always yeah. just come up and throw him yeah. every day. He never learned his lesson. And Kane and Mankind are, of course, tag team part. They're supposed to be friends somehow. Right. They're supposed to be aligned, but now they're going to have to go one-on-one. But it's Mankind won't do it. Yeah, he's starting to, he's about to become babyface. That's right, that's right. And he's like sitting in the corner like Raven, going yep. to everybody's steps, just sitting down and saying he's not going to fight. Not, not going to do it, not going to do it, <laughs> not doing it. That's exactly, he's <laughs> a huge, huge Dana Carvey fan. Huge Dana Carvey, George Bush fan. What in Bay Prudent? Not, not gonna. <laughs> You share about that? All right, so he's telling Vince, <laughs> not going to do it. Vince is, well, okay, I thought Vince was making fun of him holding his arm across his chest like Napoleon. <laughs> All right. Vince telling him, ring the bell. Count him out. Go get him. Telling Kane to go get him. Sicking Kane on him. Sicking, you big piece of meat. And that's the great thing here. Like, they, there's so much been going on. We, we covered that over the edge match uh, a couple months ago yeah. here on the pod, and that's where all this really started going on with Undertaker and Vince and Stone Cold and, and Mankind and, and Kane and all of that. Vince was not a fan of Undertaker right now. He was not doing what he wanted. He was he wanted Kane to be his guy. He wanted Kane to be the guy to overtake Stone Cold, and he thinks Kane is in the ring right now. Right. Um, Kane's not answering the challenge like he's supposed to be. Oh, here he goes. Over the top. You know that hurt. Ooh, jumping down because <laughs> of his ankle. All right. Mankind just sitting in a rock in the corner. Again, again, this was filmed the week before. Forty-eight Nitro, hours so, after gathering. Yeah. WCW knew what they were up against and put up something really awesome. Yeah, that was one of the advantages oh. that they had at that time. Hit mankind in the head. No sympathy for mankind. Nope. What is Kane doing? Everybody's wondering, why is Kane doing this? Is he listening? Is he really succumbing to Vince? Right. Vince says this is what the WWF is all about right here. That's right. Bad lighting. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, but this is it's a definitely great a different atmosphere than what's going on well, in Nitro you, at the time, without question. You've got to keep the red light. You don't want to give away the take a reveal yet. You know, like that's if, it's, a good if point. it's if all lights are, I think that's what's going on. Yeah, if all lights are up, I think you know a little quicker. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but I, I bet you're right. I think that's what I'm getting a bit of a doubt. That's what's going on. And I think, I think mankind just can't wrestle right now. He's so beat yeah. up. He's so hurt. He can't do anything. So he took that little gimmick Ooh. chair shot, One, and Kane two. does the Undertaker pin right there. Not toward the hard cam. No, nope. well, because here we go. We're about to get the reveal. So the lights are up. The now. lights are up. Lights. There it is. <gasps> I love that. Stone Cold just throws the headset. You off. can't believe it. Yeah, that's that's a cool way to go off. And that's it. Now that's you how the know, show Taker, goes off the air. Is going to the SummerSlam. Yeah, that's hot. That's hot right there. Definitely an iconic moment, one that is remembered forever. Uh, maybe not quite the not same. Not as iconic moment, as the other channel, but. But yeah. still a pretty awesome oh, yeah. main event and moment that gets you hooked in. Uh, once you make sure you want to tune in for next week, don't you think? And again, it wasn't about the match, it was about the angle, it's about the story. It's about the story. I mean, this bloodline thing in 2023 is 2022, and it's got me re wrestling because of the storylines. Like, there's so many main event segments that aren't wrestling matches right now on SmackDown because they're mm. the story is so good. Same thing here, man. This was all made sense. Everything that just happened made sense, and it was all story. We didn't need to see a five star classic mm. to close out Raw. We didn't need to see a big cool thing like Goldberg and Hogan either. We saw this right here that led into the main event SummerSlam, and it was a great payoff. It was awesome. So story matters more than the match. And you made a great point. I, I was listening back to our episodes when we talked about this uh, originally back on Talking Taker uh, a few years ago. Um, we talked about how the main event of the pay-per-views that were coming off of the of these episodes of Raw and Nitro on WCW, the main event was... DDP and Carl Malone versus Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman. Huge, yeah. massive, star power, everything. Um, mainstream stars bring in there. Main event on the WF pay-per-view was also a tag team match, but it was Austin and Undertaker versus Kane and Mankind. And so WWF was using their stars. They yeah. weren't using any celebrities. They were using their stars. And in the moment, less star power, but long-term they were building up their own brand and their stars to carry the company. And I think that's why, part of why, at least, WWF would end up winning the Monday Night War is because yeah. they ended up focusing on those things more than just the hot in the moment, even though it was incredibly hot in the moment. And, yeah. you know, WCW might have won the battles, but that's why WWF won the war. And I think you made a lot of those points when we originally talked about it. Well, go me. <laughs> uh oh this airpod just died <laughs> oh no uh oh i guess we gotta wrap things up here but uh i just want to say you know the ratings for this night and the Monday night war um wcw definitely won uh 4.8 for monday nitro on that night to a 4.0 for monday night raw so my goodness okay. if Still you close. look at ratings nowadays it's pretty insane to see how many people were watching uh, wrestling on live television back then, although you know it's it's a totally different game right now. Yeah, you know, people don't watch live television like they used to, but it is just crazy to look at what those numbers were. That's a weeknight. 
to Monday. Yeah. yeah. Starting your week off. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So and it's against Monday Night Football too. Yeah. Which didn't no, matter. not not in July. Oh, I'm sorry. Monday yeah. Football. I, I, I'm saying like I'm just being like. Like in general, the fall. sure. Like you still have something daylight, Monday yeah, football, yeah, but like yeah. the re- wrestling fans came out in droves to watch, still watch, you know, Raw and Nitro. Yeah, and this yeah, really so I didn't is no, but this is the peak of, like you said, this is the Monday Night War at its hottest. You know, they were yeah. trading off every week, and there was exciting stuff going on. So, yeah, uh, this was fun, man, and and I encourage you guys listening out there. If you haven't watched these shows in a long time, go back and watch these full episodes because both Raw and Nitro are so much fun. I had a blast watching them in preparation for this night. So even if you don't watch it along with us, uh, just go watch both shows from July 6, 1998 and relive what it was like to be a fan during that time because, man, it was was nothing better. So much fun, man. Um, Did you enjoy it? I hope you enjoyed it, man. Oh, absolutely, man! I enjoyed it. I didn't. I didn't. I enjoyed that main event of Brawl right there. I hadn't watched that back since we covered it, you know. So that was very fun. I forgot how it all played out. So, yeah. I mean, I remember the ending, but I forgot how it all played out. So that was very fun. Yeah, cool it's just cool. Like, big, big moments on both shows for both companies heading into summer because sometimes the summer's tough, you know. But they weren't slowing down. No, they were not, and neither are we. We're gonna keep this podcast rolling, rolling, rolling past the last ride we've, we've gone way past right. the last ride of the undertaker we'll be back next month on august 1st with a brand new edition of talking taker we are gonna look back um you know we we do we, we have a tendency to hang out here in the attitude era and, and in the 90s uh of the undertaker's career uh but we're gonna fast forward a little bit into 2008 and uh we talked about edge celebrating his 25th anniversary and his legendary feud undertaker so much that happened in 2008 15 years ago so it's the 15 year anniversary we gotta do at least one episode uh dedicated to that feud so why not do it with SummerSlam with the finale of their epic rivalry so we'll do a watch along for SummerSlam 2008 Undertaker versus Edge inside that Hell in a Cell your number three rival for the Undertaker of all time so um we'll look back at that that'll be a fun one and I think too we did this last year around SummerSlam time uh I'm gonna throw it out there for through the Creatures of the Night to the Pod Street crew uh, to, to do a little AMA, a little Ask Us Anything, or AUA. <laughs> Ask Us Aua. Anything. Aua. Uh, Aua. We'll do some fan questions uh, on right. next week's episode. Uh, we haven't done that in a while. So ask us anything about the podcast, uh, about life, about Oppenheimer. Maybe you'll have seen it by then. Um, fingers crossed. Or Barbie. Maybe you've seen Barbie by then. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> You're not going to do a double feature? No. <laughs> no. Uh, so far this year, I've seen three movies in theater. I've seen zero. Um, I was trying to go see Fast 10, but it didn't work out. So oh, my. I'll have to watch it on Peacock. Shoo. I've seen uh, Mario, Cross the Spider-Verse, and The Flash. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thoughts? Two. Well, I mean, yeah. I... I Flash didn't make a lot of money, but I still enjoyed it. But okay, it was fine. Had problems, yeah. but it's fine. It was fun. It's fine. Mario, great, it's fun. And uh, Cross Spider Verse, one of the best, one of the best combo movies there ever have been. So, really? Yeah, fantastic. I love the first one. I didn't. Uh, this I wasn't one's sure incredible. if I was gonna watch the second one. Incredible. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Can't uh, wait for number three. 
Well, let us know uh, your thoughts on those movies, of course, if you want to. Uh, but let us know your thoughts about this episode. Of course, leave a comment, leave a review, uh, hit us up. Follow us on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, wherever you do listen or watch. Uh, we got other, we got extra content coming on the YouTube channel as well, unboxings and other random stuff. I got another video, something a little bit different. It's going to be coming to the YouTube here in July, so make sure you are subscribed to the Talking Taker YouTube channel. Uh, and we got bonus content coming to your podcast feed. We threw a bonus episode out there. Yeah. Me and Randy Turco did digging holes and talking grow. We talked about our food fighters fandom. Yeah, what'd you think about that, Travis? Very fun, man. I really enjoyed listening to it. Again, I was not privy to anything y'all were going to talk about, so I I listened as a fan. It was very fun to uh, to hear all his stories and your stories, and just uh, hear y'all talk about it and, and the the loose connection with wrestling. It was fun. <laughs> well, very fun. You sent me a text, and I was I meant to read it on the episode, and we just got so into it. Oh, I, 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 y'all were going. I lost my going my train long. of thought. But you're a Foo Fighters fan too. I mean, uh, what what were you saying about your fandom of uh, of Foo Fighters? Oh, just I remember when they came out. I remember being a fan of their first video with the Futos and all, that, or the first video I remember with the Futos and all that stuff. And their uh, second album was still still is my favorite, which was mm. your number one too. Was it his too? Yeah, both of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. both. Yeah, yeah, yeah so sure. mine as well. I'm not as big a fan as y'all, but uh, it's still my favorite. Monkey Ranch, my favorite song, and just remember, like Dave Grohl's not a, not afraid to be. He doesn't take himself too seriously. He never mm-hmm. has, and I appreciate that about a, a rock and roll guy, you know. Um, and you know his association with. You know, Edge loved Foo Fighters and always thought Taylor Hawkins looked like Edge. So they always <laughs> looked exactly alike to me. So I thought they were the same guy. So anyway, fun time. It's a fun episode. Listen to it if you're a fan of music. It's fun to hear some guy. And Randy's got some great stories about Uncle Dave and stuff like that. So <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Dave. Well, uh, yeah, let us know what you thought about it. And uh, we may throw some more random bonus stuff out there on the pod. You know, we're, we're going to be talking Taker no matter what on the first of every month. That'll be out there. We'll uh, throw Back from the Dead. We'll throw a classic episode of Talking Taker at the top of your feed sometime in the month. But you never know when something else might pop up there from us. Maybe it'll be something wrestling related. Maybe it'll be something music related. You never know, man. Uh, so be sure to be subscribed to us. And uh, I want to give a quick shout out to our uh, podcast brothers, The Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. Did a great episode uh, where they, they did the Stone Cold Mix Pack, uh, where they ranked top Stone Cold t-shirts of all time. That was very fun. They're going to be doing a new one soon, coming out with the top Stone Cold fantasy opponents. Uh, We definitely have done a couple of Undertaker fantasy opponents. Mariah Carey. Oh, you think so? Fantasy. I'd love to see him give us standard uh, Mariah Carey. (laughs) Yeah. I'm down for that. Sweet Um, Sweet fantasy, baby. Uh, those are some fun episodes for me and you to talk about. I'm excited to hear yeah. who they rank for Stone Cold Fantasy opponents. Uh, collecting Dead Man. I know him, uh, Steven Zeman, and Randy Turco are going to be doing a watch along for King of the Ring 98 here for the Gimmick Match watch along series. So we've done that. Taker and Mick Foley have done that. Now they're going to do that. So you get another Solid. perspective on that. Check that out. And of course, check out our boy Watch Along Tommy on his YouTube channel. Who is now, who is officially announced, I believe, they are expecting their second child. Oh. Uh, Tommy and his wife uh, will be, uh, got a new child coming. Uh, they announced that through YouTube on his YouTube channel. So very excited. Congratulations to you, cool. Tommy. Very exciting yeah. news. Congrats. 
Check out tpublic.com. Pick up the Pied Street Crew t-shirt or any Talking Taker t-shirt. Wear it to your Undertaker Dead Man show. Undertaker signing. Take a picture with Undertaker in a Talking Taker t-shirt. We will send you something special. And of course, check out manscaped.com. Use the code TAKEREASY for 20% off. Thanks to Manscaped for being such a great sponsor and friend to Talking Taker over the past few months. We appreciate that. And we'd love for you to check them out and show them some support since they've shown us some support. Travis, close us out, man. All right, man. If you were there at Georgia Dome with me, let us know. We'd like to hear about it. If you were there at wherever the heck WF was, let us know about the big reveal. Uh, where are you watching both shows? Where are you flipping through? Let us know what your thoughts are from this night, July 698. Uh, have a wonderful, well, hope you have a wonderful 4th of July. Absolutely. Those of you in America, have a wonderful one. Uh, and the rest of you, and if you're not in America, great, have a terrible have a great Fourth of July. Have a terrible <laughs> anyway. Just have a great July. Screw you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but stay safe out there, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, take her easy. Something's wrong. Oh, like Vince is going to do something about this. Well, Undertaker has yet to arrive here. We know he's in the arena. We've seen him a couple of times here tonight. We've heard from him. If I was Vince McMahon, I'd get out of that damn ring. That's a dangerous area to be right now. Yeah, Stone Cold, you might be worried about where's your partner? The Undertaker's supposed to be your partner and fully loaded. Where is he? He may be gone. Or do you care? I really don't care where he's at, but I, you know, I get, the fact that he's not here is starting to piss me off a little bit. I don't trust him, but I know he ain't afraid of no one in that ring. I'll give him that. Well, I'll give you that too, so maybe something's happened to him. What does Vince think he's doing? Ladies and gentlemen, due to the fact that The Undertaker is not here because he is chick chicken. Oh. Whoa! Oh. Wow.